life is what you make it. You know, you manifest your own reality. If you think life is nice, life is nice. If you think life is bad, then life is going to be bad, you know? You get to choose your route. What's shaking, hurdlers? My name's Emily Abadi, and you are listening to episode 94 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they've gotten through some of life's toughest moments. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best move with intention, and have some fun along the way. Coming off of that New York Times mention from last week, it has been a stellar seven days for Hurdle, which makes me feel like it's probably pretty important to quickly reintroduce myself. Again, Emily Abadi, living in New York for the past nine years. Where does the time go? On a day-to-day basis, I split my time between this podcast and working as a freelance fitness writer and editor, creating content everywhere from GQ to Runner's World. I am happy to report that Hurdle peaked at the number three spot on the health and fitness charts in iTunes, surrounded by content from God, so many creators that I admire, like Jay Shetty and NPR and ABC News, Gretchen Rubin. It just felt surreal. So all of this just building up from me to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to the old and new hurdlers listening in. Thank you for coming to my corner of the internet and for allowing me just to take up some space. Today, I am amped to bring you my conversation with Neen Williams. He's a pro skateboarder and major fitness enthusiast. Growing up outside of Chicago, Neen knew from a young age that skate was his calling. Moving to Los Angeles on a whim to embrace his passions, Williams recalls a life where skate and partying were intertwined. In episode 94, he opens up to me about the devastating hurdle moment that involved a trick gone wrong and an ACL tear that changed his life forever. Now, five years sober, Williams says he's in the best mental and physical shape of his life as he's shifted his focus and prioritized his well-being. We talk about what that looks like on today's pod, as well as his new spice business, seriously. And also the great things that have come from his choice to leave his partying ways behind. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to take a moment to call out my sponsors. As you guys know, I've been working on Hurdle all on my own for over two years now. But the reality is, is that girl needs some help. I've been looking to expand my team, and that's where LinkedIn Jobs comes into the picture. Hiring the right people is one of the best ways to help grow your business, but it should not take time away from all of your other priorities. With LinkedIn Jobs, it doesn't have to. When I created my assistant job posting, I was able to highlight skill keywords that make the opportunity visible to the right candidates, like organizational skills, podcasting, writing, social media organization, you name it. 
Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash hurdle. Again, that's linkedin.com slash hurdle to get $50 off your first job post today. I also want to take a second to thank my sponsors at Athletic Greens. With the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, as well as adaptogens, prebiotics, probiotics, and superfoods, the greens powder gives me just the boost I need to start every single day off in the right direction. Now, I have never been a fan of the grassy taste of other green beverages. It's the worst. But Athletic Greens is nothing like that. It's got the perfect amount of sweetness that makes it really, really enjoyable, something I literally look forward to as I start my day. And especially as I feel like everyone around me is worrying about getting sick, Athletic Greens is my little immunity secret to keep me feeling my best and fighting off infection. You have got to get in on the action too. Athletic Greens is offering Hurdle listeners an awesome deal. It's 20 free travel packs, a $79 value, absolutely free with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. Now y'all know the drill. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me at hurdle podcast at Emily Abadi. If you have a hurdle moment of your own to share, or you just want to say hi, feel free to email me over at emily at hurdle.us. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Neen Williams. Neen is a professional skateboarder, amongst many other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the multi-hyphenate reigns supreme. So it's like you are a professional skateboarder. You are a small business owner. You are you have all these certifications and kettlebells and steel mace and, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and whatever it is. Just trying to get as much as I can, you know? I'm Well, I'm amped to be here. I just got out of a flight. We're in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sitting down with me. Pro skateboarding. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. I'm excited. Have you always been into skateboarding? Yeah, for the longest that I can remember. I started skating at like 13 years old. Okay. So there was life before skateboarding, but it was mostly like childhood life, playing with toys and, you know, wrestling and jumping off trees and random stuff like that. And you grew up in Chicago. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Whereabouts? Pilsen. Okay. Do you know where that is? Not much. I know very little about Chicago. I ran the Chicago Marathon this year. I'll see. But I stayed very central, mm-hmm. aside from the marathoning part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was born and raised in Pilsen. It's about a 10-minute drive from downtown. It's like a little historical area of Chicago. It's not like downtown per se, but it's like one of the neighboring neighborhoods. Yeah. So growing up in Chicago, did you have a lot of friends that were into skateboarding or how did you kind of stumble into it? No, I actually didn't have any friends that were skateboarders. I got into skateboarding because when I was younger, my mom used to move around a lot. You know, we lived in different suburbs too of Chicago as we were growing up. So I got to go to different schools and stuff like that. And uh, when I was in this one school, I believe it was in Berwyn, it's like a neighboring suburb, it's about 30 minutes from downtown, the kids there skateboarded. And that's how I got into skateboarding because I was friends with them, they skated every day after school, and I just 
picked it up. I remember growing up, my brother skateboarded and the minimal attempt situation that I had with it, it it's not easy. No, it's very <laughs> hard. <laughs> well, at first, did you find that you were good at it or it took you a while to kind of get into it? It took me a while, definitely. I was more of one of those like wild kids. So I, I would fall and jump off trees and wrestle and this, that and the other. So pain wasn't really a big thing for me. So the trial and error of learning how to skateboard was not as hard per se for me because I was used to falling, you know, and skateboarding, a lot of it is falling. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> I feel like sometimes they say with sports like that, the most important thing is that you have to learn how to fall the right way. Exactly. And then the rest of it kind of comes after that in levels of importance. Mm -hmm. uh, give me an injury roundup so far in your career. So I've had two broken wrists. Um, I tore a muscle in my back, like L5, L6. And the disc slid out a little bit from twisting too hard and falling at the same time. I had two ACL reconstruction surgeries for each leg. My meniscus is pretty much gone in my right leg. A patellar tear in my right leg. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. The list just keeps going. Oh my God. So when you have that much injury, I mean, you really have to have a passion for what it is that you're doing to keep going with it. Oh yeah. Skateboarding's like the most therapeutic thing for me, you know? So regardless of how many times I get hurt, it's like, it's still my first love. For sure, for sure. Okay, so you grew up skateboarding in Chicago and when did skateboarding turn into something that you saw yourself kind of taking beyond just having some fun with your friends? Probably a few years into learning how to do tricks and stuff like that, me and my friends, we would, get video cameras and start video recording ourselves and making mixtapes of our tricks and stuff. And then you give those to the local skate shop that you buy all your skateboards from. As I got older, as like years went on, the skate shops started to recognize that I had a skill for it, you know, and decided to hook me up and stuff, give me a discount on product and everything, and maybe a free deck here and there. And from there, that's when things started going up right know? so like what age was that about like 17 maybe okay so what is life like for you outside of just skateboarding in chicago life outside of skateboarding I, I mean i just hung out you know like any other teenager like hung out with friends girls like drink 40s and smoke <laughs> weed and stuff like that you Were know you a good student uh i was a good student but when I was 16, I dropped out. Mm -hmm. So um, that was all just because I really wanted my driver's license so I could drive to places to skate and stuff. And I couldn't get my driver's license because I was absent too much because mm -hmm. I would end up being like two hours away and I couldn't get to school the next day. So I was absent too much. So they're like, you can't get your driver's license till you're 18. So at this point, I was just kind of over school at that point I was like going for my driver's license basically and right then yeah I just kind of days passed and I just never went back what did your family have to say about that I'm sure they were concerned but they didn't really say much about mm -hmm. it at that point you know 16 17 I've always been kind of like the streets raised me you know so 
I've always been on the streets. I haven't, I wasn't like really that person that would get, you're going to your room kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I, I was in the streets, you know? So no one was really there to check up on me and tell me that it was a bad idea or anything like that, you know? What does life start to look like for you when school isn't even part of the equation? Skate all day, every day. That's all it was. I would get free product from my sponsors at the time, and I would sell some of it for money for food and stuff like that and gas money or whatever, like eventually when I got my license, you know. But, uh, yeah, just skate every day, all day. I would take trips. I would go to New York, and then I'd be stuck in New York for, like, two months. And then I would, like, find someone from Chicago and hitch a ride back home, you know, and be home for a couple months. And then I'd go to Florida and then be stuck out there. And I would do that for, like, years. There are, like, two types of people in this world. There are the people that are like you, that are totally fluid and down <laughs> with that kind of thing. And then there's probably someone like me that would be like, wait, what do you mean you don't know where you're going to be next month? <laughs> oh, yeah. I literally would just pack a backpack. And because I had different sponsors for different things, that's, like, the thing with skateboarding is – you have a shoe sponsor, you have a clothing sponsor, you have like all these different sponsors. So when I would find myself in a place, I would just call like my connection at each sponsor and have them like send me a little box for like the month or whatever. And I'd have clothes, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like having rent the runway, but not needing to pay for it. And it just shows up for you <laughs> yeah. wherever you are. Yeah, it's pretty sick. <laughs> wherever you are. So who was your first sponsor? My first sponsor was a skate shop. It was, uh, I believe it was First Gear. It was the neighboring skate shop. A couple of my friends are on there. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. mean, you have like a crazy list of sponsors now. Yeah, I have a bunch from all walks of life, you know. Walks of life. <laughs> yeah. So you're skating, you're kind of traveling around, and then you get a call from your friend. and He's like, why don't you come out to L.A.? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So a few of my friends moved to L.A. because their parents moved and they just wanted to get out of the weather and one of my friends had like a compound he turned pro on a bunch of big companies so he had like a bigger apartment with a couple rooms and tons of floor and carpet space and couch space you know so they hit me up and they're like hey we got all the homies in one apartment come down like you could stay on the couch for as long as you want and just skate and you know, figure it out. <laughs> and the weather in LA is a lot different than the weather in Chicago. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was 22 at the time, and you know, that was like my saving grace, pretty much. You know, because I was already starting adulthood at this point. You know, and kind of thinking about like what I should do in life. I actually just had an ACL surgery, my first one. Wow. And I was recovering from that. And I was like starting to skate again, like starting to get strong again. And I got the call from my friend. So, you know, right away I was like, all right, cool. Like packed up a backpack again, like grabbed my board and just like flew out to Long Beach, California. So you get the call and you're out to L.A. Yeah, I'm just full straight for it. How does it feel to arrive in L.A.? Oh, it's great because before this point, I would come to L.A., every winter basically for like two months and skate with my friends and all that so there was a build-up you know so i already kind of knew how la worked you know and how the weather was in the winter and stuff like that so i was 
really stoked to just be going here indefinitely, you know, and going to stay. You feel like you're like finally kind of onto something. You're landing on your feet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we skate every single day, party every single night. Partying started getting pretty heavy. We're just an apartment of a bunch of young adults that just want to have fun. Yeah. You know, and there's no one looking after us or telling us what we have to do or we don't need to wake up and check in, clock in or anything like that, you know, because we're just we're making we're making means to just get by the life of no responsibilities. Did you find that from a young age with skating that partying kind of went hand in hand with that or was partying not as much of a part of it when you were younger? No, we I definitely I probably started partying at like yeah, 15 or mm-hmm. something like that. There does become a point where the drinking kind of catches up to you, though. Yeah, it caught up to me later on around mid-20s. Okay. So when things get bad, what does that mean? Tell me about that. I moved up to Hollywood, California, so I'm now up here. I was probably like 26, so I kind of just got into the whole like rave scene, party scene, nightclubs, doing all types of drugs, designer drugs, everything you could imagine. Not really the downers because I wasn't really into going to sleep. I wanted to stay awake and party and dance and whatever. There was like a span where there'd be some nights I'd be up for two to three nights. Like I would just stay up and keep partying and call like different people over. Like some friends would go home. I'd like know the other people that were awake around that time. So I'd call them. They'd come over and it it would just continue. And I would skate less basically because of this, because I would I was hung over for most of the time. But when does it catch up to you? So it pretty much caught up to me one night. I was still skating at the time, but I wasn't skating as much. During this time, I actually turned professional for um, a lot of my sponsors. So I was starting to make some decent amount of money. So I was able to party harder. So that's what kind of helped me party even more, you know? So at this point, I was still doing my skate, doing skateboarding for a living and being a professional skateboarder where I have to film video parts and shoot photos and stuff for the magazines. So one of these nights I was super hungover, haggard, like just not healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, I had to shoot a photo for one of my sponsors and we lit up the spot. It was like this long like gap to clear. And I tried this trick and I felt like I had it, but my body was so broken down and beat down that like it wasn't right. And I went for it anyways and I did the splits. And that just took out my knee and I just tore my second ACL. And I was 28 at the po- at that point. And that was the catalyst that basically put me in the direction that I'm in today. Were you just on the ground thinking to yourself, what have I done? Oh, I was so sad. It was so sad because at this point I've been skating for so long. I worked super, super hard to get to where I was in skateboarding with my sponsors, with, you know, being a professional and all that. And like I had good skating coming out, but I was just like throwing it away little by little by just the partying was so easy for me, like getting getting messed up and 
being out for nights on end was so easy that it was just slowly like taking away from what I've built, you know? So I was on the ground. I could feel the pain. I knew it wasn't right. I got up and like kicked the air and you could just feel the looseness because the ACL is what holds your knee together. So it buckles if you, if you mess it up, you know, you'll know that it's not connected correctly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 28 skateboarding is kind of, it's a young sport, you know? And if you're still, if you're getting towards like your thirties and stuff like that in skateboarding, it's like, you need to be performing correctly. So I was definitely sad. I was like, I was scared to lose it all at this point. And I knew I was throwing it away. When you were on the ground, were you angry at yourself? Definitely. Whenever you mess up in skateboarding, you're mad at yourself, you know? And especially when you injure yourself and know that you did something bad to yourself. And ACL recovery takes like nine months to a year to be able to like roll around again. And that's not to get to the point where you were professionally, you know? That's still like... You still need a couple more months to get to where you were, you know? Yeah. So it it was definitely a heartbreaking situation. But I'm the type of person that takes disasters, things that go wrong in my life, like negativity, and I'll flip it around and turn it into a positive. It's just that idea that failure doesn't need to be a setback. It can be a lesson. Exactly. So it just, all it did is it helped me kick into gear and really focus on what was important to me and that was my career that was everything I worked so hard to build that was I I just wanted to reach my optimal performance and you know my optimal life and do the best that I can while I can and really make a difference in like the world in skateboarding and in the people that follow me and all that you know I just wanted to like lend a hand, do my best, and be the best person I could be. Talk to me about what the rehab process looks like. The rehab mentally? Well, I guess we have two parts to talk about. (laughs) First, the actual physical rehab and then the mental rehab, because I'm sure both of them were probably equally as taxing. Yeah. Well, physically, you know, you go get reconstruction surgery. Then you start physical therapy and all that. You got to get the range of motion back in your knee. Make sure it's bending right. Make sure you're walking right. Make sure you can start taking impact, all of that. And a physical therapist will help you with that. The thing that I always tell people is always make sure to, you know, go to a physical therapist. You know, if you want to come back to skateboarding or doing active stuff like playing baseball with your kids or football or whatever, it's like you want to do your physical therapy, you know. So... That that was the first step. That was like all the physical stuff. And actually going to the physical therapy, that helped me. Because I at this point, you know, before I got the surgery, I decided that I was going to quit drinking, quit partying. Cold turkey, quit. Basically, at this point, I have nothing to do. So, so I go do my physical therapy. I come home. I'm like antsy because I'm used to skating all day. I'm used to burning a ton of calories all day because I'm moving all day. And you're used to being surrounded by stimulation 24-7. Yeah, and being outside and just being fired up. I end up going to physical therapy. 
the little um, rehab for my knee isn't doing enough for me. So I started asking them to give me like upper body and core workouts and stuff like that. And the physical therapists, they're all my friends, my trainers and stuff. So they start making these workouts for me and they start making them really hard because they know like I'll want hard stuff. Basically, I end up building like a vice towards it. Like I want to work out. That's like my new thing while I can't skate, you know? Right. So I started, that was keeping me um, occupied while I wasn't partying and skating and stuff like that. I think it's really special that you grew so attached to it. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to deal with when they're injured, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I'm a big runner. And if you hurt your foot or your, your legs or, I mean, your body, just like in skateboarding and you can't run, it's so defeating it's oh, yeah. like you identified as a skateboarder i identify as a runner and when you can't do those things all of these questions pop into your head about who it is that you really are and mm -hmm. so i get so many messages from people whether it's on social media or over email just being like i am injured and i feel so lost yeah and no, for so sure. you're feeling lost but you find this purpose almost in your rehab which is magical <laughs> exactly yeah so it basically saved me and little by little because I started getting into fitness and you know taking care of myself little by little the steps started aligning where it was I started to want to reach my optimal performance you know I'm here I'm 28 at this point and I'm just like man I want to I want to be the best I can be at this point in my life you know how can I reach my highest potential taking a break from today's episode to talk up LinkedIn jobs. I'm the kind of person that believes that it is super important to own your weaknesses and that you need to know when to ask for help. Now, asking for help, especially when it comes to hiring, can feel super overwhelming, especially as a small business owner. There's a lot of unknown, right? The good news, whether you are looking to hire someone for an internship, a part-time or a full-time position, LinkedIn jobs makes the whole process super simple from start to finish. It's no wonder why a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just head on over to linkedin.com slash hurdle. Again, that's linkedin.com slash hurdle to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to hurdling. It's interesting that you started to be able to define your highest potential in a different way than you did when you were skating all the time. Fitness brought it out in me because it was like, if I strengthen these areas of my body, I will be able to perform better on my skateboard and I will feel stronger and I'll feel better. In life, after working out, you feel great. You're like all high on endorphins and whatever. And, you know, those are things that kind of brought me into it. Were you doing any sort of like strength training or any other working out aside from skating when you were big into skate before the injury? Before the injury, I would do like push-ups and bench <laughs> press, like dips, like, you know, just the random ones, maybe like pull-up challenge with your friends or something like just random, yeah. you know? What does training look like for you these days? And I mean, there's a little bit we're skipping over, but I'm just kind of curious. 
So I, I train six days a week. I do a lot of conventional training, building certain areas up and keeping areas strong. You know, I'm not a power lifter. I, I believe in lighter to moderate weights. You know, I, I want longevity, you know, I'm not trying to blow myself out at 34. How I, that's how old I am now, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like, I want to be my strongest when I'm 60, 70, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I'm just slowly building my way up, but at the same time, I'm strengthening myself and keeping sure I do my mobility drills and all that stuff, you know? So you're hanging out with all of your friends at the rehab center, all the people that are helping you get strong again. Mm -hmm. And when do you get back to skating? I get back to skating nine months, 10 months or so. And at this point, we can just, you can just like cruise around. You could do a couple flip tricks on the flat ground and stuff. You can't really do much, you know. Right. And as the months pass, probably like four more months or so, then you could start, you know, pushing it, like jumping on tables and stuff like that. Did it feel different? At the beginning, it does because you haven't done anything for nine months, you know. Yeah. Um, but eventually it breaks in you know it's a mind to muscle kind of connection you know it's like if you grew up drawing or something like that it's like if you didn't draw for a couple months you'll still be able to draw something it's like a mental connection that you have with it you just kind of jump right back in did you always think during the time that you were working to get your strength back that you would definitely get back into skating? Or was there ever a point where you were like, maybe this isn't going to be my thing anymore? Oh, no. I was completely focused and dedicated to getting back into skating. And that it's my baby. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's it's all I know. It's it's what gives me my freedom. You know, it's what allows me to be a creative person and really express myself. So talk to me about the first few months when you really feel like you're back in the saddle when it comes to skating. Getting back into skating, I mean, it was it's all just a learning curve. It was just little by little getting things back, like, you know, making sure I'm back and prepared before I'm able to jump down stairs and gaps and stuff again stairs and gaps and stuff like that <laughs> as you're skating more and feeling stronger are you still like not partying not doing any of that kind of stuff yeah i i, I stood true you know i stopped partying and drinking and i have five years now on my belt haven't tasted alcohol how does it feel it's great yeah <laughs> yeah what would you say you've noticed has been like one of the biggest differences in you since making this shift the biggest difference to me is I'm more able to, back then when I was drinking and partying and all that stuff, I was living for the now. I was like just living by day by day, just what can I do now? Now that I don't drink or party or anything, I live for the future. Like I'm more planning for, you know, the years to come ahead. You know, I'm, I'm smarter. I, I could focus on things, you know, and it's... It's just living on both sides, you know? It's like i rather be like I am today. Yeah. Because it's like if I was like I am today when I was 20, who knows how much I would have taken care of at this point in mm -hmm. my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
not drinking, not partying for so long has given me so much free time to like create and do other stuff. So I've been skate. I'm still skating super hard, same way I I used to, but instead of going out to the bars and throwing away the rest of the day and drinking, Mm -hmm. I go home and, you know, I actually started my own business and my own company and I, I make spice rubs now, you know, where did that come from? (laughs) Where did spice rubs come from? It's pretty sick how it came to play so on my social media it's neen williams on instagram i in my stories i i do a lot of cooking in my stories like clip by clip by clip and i just always i did this for fun forever you know for years for like my friends and followers and fans and whatever just to kind of give dinner lunch breakfast ideas or whatever you know it's just it's just fun it's not even like, I, I'm not trying to do anything. It's just all for fun. And I would make this chicken with a certain, like, batch of seasoning. And I made a YouTube video about it. And people started making my chicken and, like, tagging me in it on Instagram and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, this is the best chicken. Like, we love this. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like I had something there. So my lady, Jess, she told me, like, hey, we should make spices you know and i was like yeah 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 and then one of my other friends that he worked for um whole foods he hit me up one day because i was starting to make my own t-shirts my not a damn chance t-shirts you know and uh, i don't know tell me about your not a damn chance (laughs) t-shirts so like after i would make my food on my instagram stories i'd have a big plate of food and I'd crush it, eat it all, you know, mm-hmm. clean the plate. And then I'd just say, not a damn chance. And like throw the napkin <laughs> or like throw the plate off the table, whatever. But it caught on and people started doing it too and sending it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like this big fun thing, you know, and we still do it to this day. I love it. So I made not a damn chance shirts. I actually have one on right now. <laughs> um, and my friend hit me up and he was like, hey, what's up with like your own hot sauces or your spice rubs or this that the other you know and I was like oh yeah and I remembered my lady Jess she told me to do it too you know so I was like yeah I think it's time it's time (laughs) yeah I can't imagine that like figuring out how to distribute spices or make them in any sort of mass quantity is like an easy thing well you know the what's great about nowadays is there's youtube you know youtube has answers for everything you know (laughs) so so, uh my lady went on youtube and figured it out i need to date any man that just refers to me as his lady my lady (laughs) my lady (laughs) yeah she life goal (laughs) yeah she figured it out and then came up to me with like the plan and uh a couple manufacturers we had a meeting with a manufacturer and they're really cool family owned you know we like them and yeah. we started doing business with them we gave them like i gave them my specific recipes for each spice rub and he sent me some samples that he made in bulk and you know once we nailed the formulas it was like it was like clockwork we just boom 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 and these the are all for done. sale online yeah they're all on my website, which is neenwilliamsco.com. I figured to make it as easy as possible. It's Amazing. just my name. Talk to me about what does it mean for you to be healthy these days? Health has become like a religion nowadays t- towards like everybody. You know, it's like 
either you're this or you're that or you're that. You don't do this. You don't do that. And to me, health is just feeling good and knowing what you're putting in your body, like being mindful of what you're putting in your body, taking care of yourself and feeling good. Like that's what health is to me. It, I, it doesn't matter what you choose to eat. Just make sure it's clean and it's from the earth and you're doing so much better by doing that instead of like these little nitpicky things because there's so many diets out there there's so many routes you can take and so many people like this is the healthiest that's the healthiest and it's like just eat whole foods yeah like that's it like eat stuff from the earth eat stuff that grows out of the ground like if you eat animals like eat clean animal products that don't have like hormones and this that and the other put in them and you're gonna be well off yeah you know? that's that's what i think and I'm okay with everyone's diet choices and, you know, morals and stuff when it comes to food and eating meat or eating veggies and this, that. And it's like, I'm cool with that because I respect everybody, you know, and your choice is your choice. And I'm not here to tell you which way to go, but do what works for you and what you believe is your healthy. And that's, that's it. That's it. You know, like it's easy. It's simple. You yeah. know, when you when you stopped partying so much and started really focusing on your health and then the rehab and then getting back into skating, did you start to hang out with different people? Yeah, that was one of the first steps. Like we went over like the physical of rehab, mental of rehab, being off of alcohol and off of partying was I had to stop hanging out with like the crew I used to hang out with, you know, and it, it was sad, you know, losing friends and stuff. I mean, they're still my friends if I hit them up, you know, but mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not about that life anymore, you know, and we could connect in like a skate, skate way, you know, but in a party way, it's like, I'm not about that anymore. So that was like the first step. And people ask me that all the time on Instagram and stuff in my DMs. Just like, how did I stay sober? Basically, first two weeks, I came out of surgery. I was in a brace. It's so painful to move after an ACL surgery, any surgery anyways, you know? So I was in a brace. I was on the couch for two weeks um, playing video games because <laughs> that was the only thing I could do. And then, yeah, I just had to stay away from going out to bars and clubs for like, three three the first three months or something mm -hmm. until i had a strong enough will to like go out to a bar and be like yeah i don't want a beer like give me a water or a soda water or something that must have been really hard yeah i mean even nowadays i don't really go out to bars or anything like if there's an event i'll go out but there's no point for me to be in a dark little bar if i'm not drinking it's just there's nothing going on. Yeah. You know, unless it's like early and it's a business meeting, I'm good, you know. Yeah. But if it's like 11 p.m., it's like I need to go home. And Obviously, we're touching on the mental side of things. Did you go to some dark places to get through this? Because I can't imagine that it was easy. Dark places as? You're sitting there. Your leg is all sorts of messed up. You aren't hanging out with the people that you used to hang out with. I mean, it's just such a drastic shift and, and very sudden. I have like a weird, like strong will in my head. My girl, my lady, my lady. <laughs> she actually 
she actually decided to not drink and party too with me. I had her with me. She works from home too. She's a baker. So me and her, we just kind of hung out and she'd be baking. I'd just be playing video games and there was no darkness. It was just like, well, I'm home. Here I am, you know, just playing video games and whatever. For someone who wants to have that kind of willpower, like what kind of advice would you offer them? Because this isn't just like advice as to how you stayed sober. This is like advice for anyone that wants to go after something that that they're after. I always say focus on the positive. We as humans tend to veer off into all the negative things in life. The best way to rid yourself of that is to just focus on like the positive outweighs the negative, you know, but we always tend to focus on the negative. If we just get away from that negative and remember this to focus on the positive, we'll will be so much better off, you know, because there there are so many more accomplishments and so many more positive. There's so many people that care for each and every one of us all, you know, like focus on that instead of that one person that's pissing you off. And I'm sure the path that you took to getting better and to getting stronger, it wasn't one vertical line up to the top. You must have had setbacks along the way. So staying positive, how do you stay positive when you feel like you're at a plateau? Well, there's tons of ups and downs and fallbacks. I stay positive by just remembering my goals, you know, and being grateful of where I am in life and what I've accomplished and what I'm trying to get to. You don't bring, if something happens on the streets, you don't bring it home. You let you let it go. You're going to have a better day if you are happy and positive. If you bring, you know, that guy that cut you off and like flick you off and spit on your car, home with you, you're going to be a, a mess, you know, then you're going to, you're going to walk in your house, you're going to trip on your skateboard, you're going to fall on your ass or something, you know, like, like bad things are going to keep happening. But if you're happy and you let it go, that's what you need to let things go and keep moving forward. You know, don't let anything take you down. So then what does life look like for you these days? You're skating, you're training six days a week. Yeah. I mean, life is, it's good. It's like one one big science project, basically. <laughs> like, I'm working out, fitness, getting myself to my optimal level, like highest performance. I feel great. I feel better than I ever felt. You know, obviously, I have some wear and tear. I'm 34. I've been skating since 13, 14. You know, that's a long time. Jumping off the stairs and stuff since then, taking injuries. But I'm at my best. You know, I feel great. I'm happy all the time. I have my company, you know, that is going up and up and up. You know, it's fun. It's cool to see like people tagging me in their food that they're making with my spices and stuff, which is super awesome to get to share these things with people, you know, and life is nice. I mean, I always think it's life is what you make it. You know, you manifest your own reality. If you're if you think life is nice, life is nice. If you think life is bad, then life is going to be bad, you know? You get to choose your route. I love that we're both wearing the whoop right now. Oh, yeah. We're trying to (laughs) level up our potential. What would you say is, like, one other thing that you added to your routine or, like, your overall well-being that has kind of been a little bit of a game changer for you? The one main thing that I started, like, 
working on a little bit more and actually being aware of because I was never aware of it was recovery. Yeah. You know, and actually the whoop actually helps me with that Mm -hmm. the most, you know. What changed with that? Just being aware with it of it, taking ice baths, you know, eating when I have like a shitty day of recovery, I'll eat a bunch of like I'll have a cheat meal. Like I'll just slam a bunch of bread and pasta and just a bunch of carbs to like replenish my body, you know, making sure to pay attention to taking days off. That's like a really big thing. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I would get injured when I would get injured is I wasn't resting with skating. You want to skate every single day. You want to skate all day, about like eight, 10 hours a day. Yeah. You know, like you just want to skate, 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 skate. And even if you're sore, you skate through the soreness to where you don't feel sore anymore. But I think the problem with that is your body isn't recovered. So you're prone to get hurt at that point, you know. What are you excited about right now? I'm just excited about everything. Excited about the future. Excited to see what the future holds. I'm excited to... uh, keep going on with what I've been doing and sharing with people and helping people. And I I get stoked when people take stuff from what I'm saying and what I'm doing and like apply it to their life and then it helps them, you know, like that's what excites me. You mentioned your social media following. You have quite the social media following. (laughs) I think the last time I checked, you had over 422,000 followers on Instagram. A lot of those people, they come to your page, they see a guy that likes to skate. He's got a lot of tattoos. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see? I mean, I see a person that definitely has his flaws, you know, and that is steady working on them and, you know, trying his best to to be a better person at all times, you know, that's kind of what I see is just <laughs> trying to be better than the previous day, the previous week, you know, like, how can I, how can I do something bigger, better? How can I be a better person? What would you say has been one of the best pieces of advice that you have received? Let's go with since your accident best pieces of advice would be probably from my boss, the boss, Andrew Reynolds. He, when I was quitting, like smoking cigarettes and like drinking and stuff, he told me to wait whenever you got an urge to wait 10 minutes, like don't act on it, wait 10 minutes. And, you know, after those 10 minutes have passed, like nine times out of 10, you're you don't have that urge anymore and you're off to doing something else. And that was a very big and important thing that I, that I live with, you know, it's, it's something that helped me through the process of staying off of partying, cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, all of that, you know, it was just wait 10 minutes and you end up, you're like doing something else and your mind's somewhere else, you know, and it's perfect. That's amazing. That's like the best tip. advice possible. I sat down with um, a registered dietitian named Lisa Hyam on the pod, and she said to me when it came to food cravings or you wanted to eat something specific, 
sit down for a second and think about how you would feel in 10 minutes from right now if you ate the thing that you wanted to eat in that moment. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. A lot of times with food, especially, it's such a mindless thing that we do while we're doing other things. Uh -huh. But what if you're intentional with like what you're putting in your body or what you're about to do and you yeah. do take this time that you're saying? Like a funnel cake or something. Mm. You're just like, yeah, I am not going to feel good in 10 minutes after eating this. So that means it's a no-go. <laughs> yeah. It's a no-go. <laughs> All right. You have an opportunity right now to offer yourself one piece of advice looking back on your hurdle moment when you are on the ground, laying there, thinking, shit. You have an opportunity right now to offer yourself one piece of advice. What is it that you tell yourself? Everything will be all right. Just keep pushing, focus on your goals, focus on what you want out of life, you know, and keep pushing. Like, don't let, don't let things stop you, you know, like keep climbing and keep being a good person and, you know, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Neen, thanks so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Please take a moment and leave a quick review of the pod by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Neen, where do they find you? Where do they buy your spices? Give me all the details again. So IG... Facebook, all that stuff is Neen Williams, N-E-E-N Williams. Plain, simple, easy, you know, spice rubs and my company t-shirts, not a damn chance t-shirts. That's at neenwilliamsco.com and it's all there and yeah. I love it. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>